0: Go.
1: Hello and welcome to the Great Design Lead podcast. My name is Kelly Micca and I am a painter. Right now I spend equal time landscape painting outdoors and in the studio uh, inspired by the landscape and people of Philadelphia.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kelly. We were talking a little bit before about uh, uh like the last time we saw each other, which was like right outside of PAFA in Philly, and like <laughs> how I remember you from high school and in the amazing paintings that you would do. And I've been following you on Instagram since like cyber stalking you a little bit. And <laughs> <laughs> and everything that you do is like so incredible. And you've grown so much since I knew you back in high school when we were in photography class together. So <laughs> So that, that's, how, that's how we know each other. Kelly and I um, uh, went to high school together. So how are you doing right now?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just graduated from the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, and I spent the last year, you know, just traveling. I mean, I got kicked out of my studio. Not kicked out. I mean, you just leave school, and then you don't have a studio. That, that was kind of your you know, time in in a working space and working environment and like the first time being out of school and having to explore your surroundings and and like figure out like what exactly you want to be doing. And so the last year I just, I started biking around the city and I packed my paints on my backpack and did a bunch of landscapes that were depicted of Philadelphia and the surrounding landscape. And I've just been doing that (laughs) for like a whole year.
0: Those are so impressive. And like the thing that I, I loved the most about the stuff that you would post online is like, I remember you would have like these little, I don't know if they were Altoid containers, like these little tiny paintings that you would do. And then I saw you were like biking around and everything like that. And I don't, I want to talk to you about everything because there's like so many cool things that you do. um, But, but yeah, what is it like, like traveling and painting on the go because I I've done some stuff in school and stuff like that, but like that just seems like
1: a sport. <laughs> That's very funny. It it you know it kind of is. Um the the reason why I started painting and like little it it was originally an altoid container. I did upgrade to like a handmade like cigar box um that I have, <laughs> but um the original purpose of me doing this was whenever I would go on like run back when I was a runner I wasn't ever a runner but back when I was more into running um I would always go for a run and then I'd be like oh I wish I could be painting right now because this is like a beautiful thing that I found and so <clears throat> I got this like like spandex or whatever fanny pack and like stuffed a little Altoid box filled with paint in there and stuck brushes in my um hair <laughs> and went for a run and like tried to paint on the go so it was like a really easy small thing to just keep oil paints on me all the time um and then that just kind of took off with that I wanted to get you know larger with my painting so I just developed a new rig system uh with a bigger box <laughs> and just been working like that so that's where it started it was just running and painting so
0: w- before we get too much into it I was really curious because it uh I so when I, before I do these I always like uh do a ton of research on people and like kind of like to a weird point um and
1: what have you uh, found out I, about me Emily
0: <laughs> what do you know like, about like, you? like going through uh uh Instagram posts and stuff like that and I saw that you've been like like drawing and painting and sculpting for such a long time and I was kind of curious like how it all started I got into What I do because I um, took a computer art class at the (laughs) Bomb School of Art when I was in like middle school, Um, and I think actually I think it might have been fifth grade, so like right before middle school. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was really curious, like, what were you like before I knew you, and and what were you like, kind of like before art, and how did that all come in? That's a lot of questions, but I was just kind of curious, like. Like, how did it all start before before n- now?
1: <laughs> it's funny because I, I think it really did start with landscape painting. I mean, I painted in high school, <clears throat> um, you know, before landscape painting, but I wouldn't have really considered myself an artist or knew that I wanted to be an artist. And then I, um, uh, my mom and I were actually looking at like, you know, getting into other workshops and learning more about painting. And I found a workshop in Rome uh, of landscape painting and um, we just up and went to Rome. And like, that was the first time I ever wow. landscape painting because one of my favorite um, painters was teaching the course. And the only course he was teaching was a landscape painting course. So I, I got a pushade box and I went to Italy and painted there. What is a pushade box? Oh, a pushade box is a a little painter's box so it's got like a nice setup where you just open up the lid you have your paints inside um and you can hold your brushes on the sides it's it's like you know maxed out for all painter purposes um when and I I used to use that I don't use the same setup now but to the original point um (laughs) yeah when you go to Italy and you paint the landscape it's kind of like there's no going back you know, yeah. you, that it's like, yeah, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. There's no other option. I don't think that would satisfy me as much as that would. So and that's where it all began. I think that was my junior year of high school. That summer is when I went and then I came back senior year and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to do this. <laughs> this is what I want to do. And I prepared portfolios for yeah, painting schools and I figured out, or I, Found out about PAFA, applied there, got in, and then was there for four years. So that's what really started my painting career, I guess you could say. Just going to Italy. Yeah, just go to Italy. I think you'll find your passion. (laughs) So
0: I I saw, like, I did scroll a lot on your Instagram, and (laughs) I saw that you, there was a lot of like sketching before painting. Uh, Could you tell me a little bit about that? Because, like, they look like photographs. How good of these realistic sketches that you you made, and, and that was like what in like twenty thirteen, and it's like oh my god twenty twenty
1: now. Are They're incredible. About, are you talking <laughs> about like, the portraits I do of like celebrities?
0: Yeah, like the Robert Downey Jr. one. Oh
1: my god, the classics. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope that I have um, transcended that era of my life, but. Um, yeah, I guess that was more of like a flex. It's like portraits could be possibly one of the hardest things to paint or to draw. Yeah. So I just wanted to like render as much as I could. Um, I mean, nowadays it's not so much about like rendering and getting the precision of, you know, all those things. It's it's more, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different nowadays, but I guess that's where it started is, was like maybe kind of a flex. I don't even know. <clears throat> that was so, so long ago, but but drawing, it, it is true that drawing is the root of all painting um, because it describes form. It's its a tonal medium, so you're not worried about color. Um, and you get, like, the essence of what you're trying to capture and just a few lines and mark making. Um, so, yeah, that does translate to painting very well. But uh, <laughs> I can't say I've been doing my Robert Downey Jr before I start a landscape nowadays it's a a little different (laughs) so like obviously you
0: don't start like I'm like going even back in time but like you don't start drawing like that just like out of the gate (laughs) I'm guessing because if you did I would be like very disappointed in
1: myself (laughs) as in like when I did that when I was younger like did I have did I have somebody like like kind of teaching me that or something is that what you're saying yeah
0: I was curious like like how did you even get to that point of like because because it seemed very obvious that like a lot of time went into getting up to that point so just curious like how did you even get into sketching how did you get into art like like uh, yeah. Who who taught you? Did you teach yourself? Just curious.
1: Oh, gee, that's I don't, I don't know <laughs> how to answer that. Um, I. I mean, I, I guess I just I don't even know how I found like found just a genuine interest in it. Um, but I do know that I I played softball in middle school and I injured myself somehow. I don't even know what I did or what was injured. It was so long ago. But there was an art class that opened up at the high school my mom invited me to and then I just picked up a pencil and it was like drawing my favorite band members like Mumford and Sons <laughs> ever because it was like that's what I love. And so I, I guess I'll just draw that and it took me like months to get like one accurate looking drawing, um, which is absolutely not the way that I draw now. <laughs> but I did, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I did look up like. YouTube videos I used all the you know resources that I could in modern day technology which is amazing um which is like YouTube videos on like a five pencil method like how to use different grades of um pencils to get a different you know finish to the paper and and texture and so like using that um I guess just helped a lot um as far as like visually like visual perception of like you know, it's a little bit different. Like when I was working when I was younger, it's like you would just copy a photograph, um, and there's really not much thinking involved, or perception involved. Um, but now I don't really work from photographs. As long as I'm like in front of a landscape that I want to paint, it's it's more about <clears throat> how you perceive the landscape, and you know, you you understand it through a painter's eye, through training, through observing, um, and it translates easily from from paint and mixing to the panel when you do it every day and you're constantly looking and you're constantly like thinking about color, color theory, how best to apply this paint to get this sort of texture or form or atmosphere and light. So it's, it's a totally different um, way of painting, but that sort of way of thinking was learned through going to school and also mm-hmm. being really great painters taught me so much of what I know now and um, and yeah, so it's it's a, it's a different medium. What I was working like when I first started in high school and versus like college, you know, it's when you really start to upgrade. It's, it's less about, you know, rendering the perfect image and copying from a photograph and more about experiencing perceptual things in the landscape and translating that into a painting that's more, more of a painting than a photograph. Like you want to look at the painting and be like, that's a good painting because the application the texture the colors everything um not only because it just reminds you of like a a thing you know the painting itself has to be the art
0: you're so it's not like um I'm just going to recreate it like pixel for pixel it's kind of more something's happening when it's being uh made
1: exactly And, and you you do have to a lot of painting is just simplifying what you see into very simple forms because um, uh, the, the basis of any good painting is just a, a very simple format. It's like without knowing two plus two equals four in math, you're not going to know. Like this is a terrible math analogy because I don't know anything about math. <laughs> but, <laughs> But you need to know your basics before you really get to like um, experiencing the true medium and and what you can be doing with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But painting is as simple as colors and shapes. And you need to know how to simplify your palette and simplify your shapes in order to show other people like exactly what your intentions of this painting is, because painting can be so complicated. And if you're just if your mind is as complicated as the landscape, then nobody's going to understand what exactly you wanted to get from it, so you need to pinpoint mm-hmm. what you're looking at and what interests you about the landscape, and capture it as soon as you can, with as little brushstrokes, to get you know the most body of the paint, and form, yeah. light. So, kind of deciding that this is what
0: you wanted to go into, and that your mom was really involved in in that first sketching class, and uh, in the um, uh, the trip to Italy and everything like that what's your, your mom's relationship with art?
1: Um, um, it's, it's, uh, I, I I grew up, uh, do, um, a lot with, she, she, I guess I grew up a lot with, like, um, arts and crafts. Um, Mm -hmm. she did have, um, she made a lot of like greeting cards and stuff like that. And I just always be, you know, involved with making things with my hands. Um, I don't really know uh, where the actual artistic ability comes from in my family. I've always seen artistic ability as a mental game, as a mental mindset. Like if you wanted to capture something or, be really good at it you dedicate all of your energy into it and you'll be good at it and I always loved painting I couldn't tell you why I have no (laughs) I have no idea I think there's like artistic people in my family yeah Um, but I've never really been around oil painting to an extreme degree where I was like oh yes I know this is what I want to do it was like when my mom asked me what I want to do I was like oil painting like she she offered like she's like why don't you take this watercolor class and I was like absolutely not I knew that I needed to take an oil painting class and it was not watercolor. And that was from like a really young age and I could not tell you why. It's just I it's just the best. That's that's the answer. There's nothing better than oils. (laughs) Sorry. I I guess I'm just really curious, like it's not
0: normal for someone to say to their daughter in high school, like, you're you have this interest and passion in painting, let's go to Italy. So like, how did that even happen?
1: Uh, I have a (laughs) very intuitive and amazing mother that knows exactly what I needed at the right time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, being an artist is like really having an amazing support system. And that's exactly what I got. There's a lot of things that are involved in like how to become successful. And I really have to owe this one to my parents. Um, they've been supporting me and encouraging me to do this. You know, it's really hard. Art is hard enough, but like not having a, a family to be like, no, you got this, you can do this. And you, you know, like they got your back. Uh, it's really hard to pursue. And I, I, I feel very grateful for having that. So like, yeah, like my mom is the reason why I really pursued this. Um, I would not have gone and like Thought like yeah, I I should go to Italy and do this like that just wasn't something that my you know seventeen year old brain thought that I would should be doing. Um, Yeah, she just knew she knew intuitively that that's that was what needed to happen. That's so crazy! Like shout out mom. So you (laughs) shout out Mrs. (laughs) Micah.
0: So I. I'm just so you you go to Italy and um you it's what I'm imagining is like a hiker who paints like somebody who's going on like trails and I, I'm guessing there's probably also like times where you're you're painting you said landscape so I, I'm guessing it might not be like sitting in like a cafe area or like a pedestrian area and painting people so like you, you said that you were doing landscape. So just like, what was your experience there? Like, what was it like?
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's funny. I do say that I'm a landscape painter, but it just for me, it means that I am immersed in the landscape and painting whatever I see. So it really doesn't have to be like, uh, you know, beautiful green tree and a blue sky. Like that's um, not the landscape I'm essentially looking for. It's, it's exploring the landscape. I'm not really on trails. I'm going off trails a lot um, to explore like things that normally aren't being seen. Um, I mean, that's because you, you never know what you're going to find. It's just about the curiosity of traveling and exploring new things that haven't really been um, explored before and trying to see if there's something that has potential in a, in a painting. Um, I do remember one of my favorite paintings. I went off trail. I went like underneath I-95 and like one of these, this this like it was on a trail and it cut off and then I just like continued up this like I don't know this like dirt dirt path this grass it was like overloaded with like weeds and stuff and I just went through it I went underneath 95 I found a bunch of like cool stuff underneath there and there was this intersection from I-95 and the Maniunk Bridge and this like railroad that was going through the bridge and underneath the bridge. And uh, I was just sitting literally next to the highway. It wasn't pleasant at all. The car, (laughs) like, you know, running by me. I mean, of course it was on the bridge and I was next to the, like, not on the bridge. Um, I was in a safe zone, but it was like, you know, right next to the highway. And I still found that peace of mind to make a painting. And I guess that's what I try to do is to like put myself in like maybe an uncomfortable situation and try to find that That calm and that peace of mind it takes to create a painting and see if I can do it. And it turned out to be one of my favorite paintings. (laughs) Um, So it's just like, you know, finding the most unexpected um, things in a landscape and trying to paint that. So it's really kind of off trail exploring around. I, when you're saying that, I remember this
0: picture I saw of you where you're literally in like there's a log behind your back and you're literally just like in the bushes <laughs> painting.
1: <laughs> I remember Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I was just like, and then I saw another picture of you where you were literally like sitting in the middle of a street, like during a protest and painting yeah. that like, I I remember I used to be really into sketching and I uh one place I really liked sketching was um these really, really old mansions in um uh, uh 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 Newport, Rhode Island. They have like that big tour where you could like see all of these mansions that are now uh museums and people came up to me and they started talking to me. It was kind of like a weird interaction with people that would have never spoken to me otherwise but because I was sketching something they came up and talked to me so like what is it like being in this place, like just with people of like so much stuff going on and then you're doing something that's really unusual and that probably nobody else in the next like 10 blocks is doing.
1: <laughs> it's funny, I made some friends. They reached out to me and they're like, what, like, what are you doing? Are you painting? That's so cool. Do you have an Instagram? And I was like, yeah. And then we would pick <laughs> up and then, you know, we'd follow each other and um, remain friends. Uh, you do meet a lot of people on site that's for sure but that painting was done during the election when Biden won I went out and you know like Philly was just celebrating it was like the, the amazing like moment of Philly like coming together um and you know Market Street was just completely blocked off and people were just running around um and I just decided to make a painting of that moment of Philadelphia um And it's not necessarily about politics it's just about capturing that moment of history um of the way that philadelphia was responding to this um the night before before we knew the election well not the night before this is many nights before um when there were protests about the election elections and the way that they were counting or whatever uh i went into like the middle of it the chaos of like everyone protesting and i painted um i sat on i sat on the um ledge outside of panera bread the, the ledge is also at a slant. It's like at a slight, slight slant. So I had to use my abs to keep me up the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not in like an ideal situation. You got people running around, you got news, news, um, people like shoving their microphones in your face, asking you questions. And it's like, I'm just here to paint. But I also so <laughs> do. Um, so you do get a lot of people like running up to you and like asking you, what are you doing? And it's, it is, it is fun. I do enjoy that part of it as well. Um, because I do like to be like social, social like that. You do meet to, you do get to meet some cool people. Um, But there's, Oh, keep going. uh, I could probably explain more. I could talk more about that because um, just recently my dad and I actually went on a, a bike trip up to the grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. So we would bike around 40, 50 miles a day um, wow. bikes and we would live on our bikes. So like, uh, we'd bike that many miles. And then wherever we ended up that night, we would just kind of like find a camp, some off like stealth camp site to, to sleep in. Like one of my favorite one was a a dugout, um, <laughs> sleeped in a baseball dugout because, uh, it wasn't a, it, we were in a nice neighborhood and they just had like open baseball courts with like a shielded, um, dugout. So we were like, this is, this is perfect and slept there. I love baseball. So like sleeping in the dugout was just the cherry on top. Um, but you never know where you're going to sleep. And that was really fun. But you're also like, you know, you're, you're carrying all of your bags on your bike. You look like you're not from here. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people like, you know, coming up to you saying, all right, where are you going? What's going on? What are you doing? And you're like, bike in the grand Canyon. They're like, "What?" <laughs> Southwest, yeah and it's like uh no just of Pennsylvania but um it, it, nonetheless it is still a, a peak like somebody like it, it would pique their interest um whatever we're doing and we would meet a lot of people along the way and they would like offer us like oh you should come stay with us stay on our land and like you can camp out here and you know you get to meet a lot of cool people um as long as you look crazy enough and inviting enough people will talk to you I guess <laughs> it's a good icebreaker <laughs> one thing that's like not normal about me is that
0: i really don't have any uh hesitation like going up and uh like messaging somebody that i think is really cool or like inviting a friend that i haven't talked to in a couple of years on my podcast like to me i i uh, that's that's not weird to me at all but when i talk to other people they're like oh why would you do that aren't you nervous like all that kind of stuff and so that's like something that i'm like not really aware is weird about me um are you aware that,
1: <laughs> that you're not normal? <laughs> uh, no, I, n- no, I don't think of it like that way. It's just, I just live, I'm just living a lot my life. I don't really, um, look back like that and be like, Oh, that was so weird. I should be like more like conservative next time I go out. No, no like it's just, just do whatever you want. And it's, um, Like be, be a little off, do something a little like not normal. And you're going to find the people that you need in your life because that's the law of attraction, (laughs) you know? Um, Like I met some great people at the tennis court. I recently got into tennis and I was uh, painting at the courts uh, one night because I didn't have a tennis buddy to to play with. And I had my paints on me. So I just started painting the courts. And then somebody like right next to me that was playing was like, "What, what are you doing? Like, are you painting right now? I'm like, I was like, yeah. Whoa, do you also play? And I was like, yeah, I play some tennis. Um, they're like, we should let, let's get together and play. And I was like, sure. So I, you know, met with them the next day, and I started playing with them. And and I've been playing tennis for like six months now with them, all like every day. I met wow. the community through just painting the tennis courts, and they've been like so much part of my life now. Like they're my closest friends. And we always play, and they they've taught me so much about tennis. They literally just took me under their wing, and like I d- I was like, sure, yeah, I play tennis. I did not know how to play tennis. You like you know how to play tennis? You do not know how to play tennis. And they actually were like, <laughs> you're not good right now, but we are going to help you get better. Thank you for the sacrifice. It's always not fun playing tennis with somebody who doesn't know how to play tennis, um, but it's an investment in that person because they have to play better like a game with a better person in order for them to grow too. But the moral of the story is like by doing something that, you know, you don't normally see all the time. Like I made my friend group and they're the most interesting people I know. That's so interesting. Keep uh, reaching out, doing your thing, um, socializing, whatever. That's like, whatever you think is weird is not weird. It's just cool.
0: Makes I have it a question uh, for you. Um, uh- when you, when you go to school for art, um, sometimes, uh, people, at least in my life have interesting comments (laughs) for that. Um, so, uh, when you were, when you came back from, from Italy, it was like your junior, senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when you're like applying to schools, deciding on what you want to do. And I remember in my, like, junior, senior year, I was like, oh, I want to go study graphic design. And I was telling one of my friends about that. And uh, her response, which for some reason I can't forget, was she looked at me. She's like, Emily, like you're doing well in your classes. You're really smart. Why would you waste that and go study something like that? Like you could be a doctor, you could be this, you could be that. And I just remember being like, kind of off put by that like I understood where she was coming from and for her it was kind of partially cultural based on how I knew her Um, but when what was that life like when you were telling people what you wanted to do in college and and like family members would come up and talk to you like sometimes extended ones that like don't really know you that well and you don't have to tell me too many personal stuff since this is kind of like a public conversation but like what was that like Two-year span of your life, like,
1: I mean, uh, that's that sucks. Hearing that, that that your friend would, you know, say that. It, it, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that is a common reaction to people who decide to go into arts, um, especially as somebody who's very intelligent. But unfortunately, we need intelligent people making art too. Like- <laughs> We need artists. I don't think people understand how much art is integrated into our everyday life. And if it's not good, the quality of your life goes down. <laughs> um, art is incredibly important and it should have just as much prestige as being, you know, I don't want to say also like a doctor, maybe that's not the most effective thing because <laughs> it's all extremely important, right? Um, but it is is—it is a little heartbreaking to hear something like that because the arts are very important. Um, but when I I don't think uh I I did I I am very great I am very blessed that I w- had did have a lot of support for my work um like when I said I was going to art school people were just like yeah that makes sense um <laughs> I hope is not insulting like oh yeah she wasn't good at anything else arts like yeah I guess that would be uh that would make sense <laughs> but um No, I think I got a general overall good approval, um, which I think has helped me, helped nurture a really healthy relationship with me and painting. Um, Because, you know, when you have support from your support system and beyond your, your, your like smaller support system, like beyond that, you have like a, a whole community that are like, yeah, you got to do this. And like, yeah, like we need more stories like that, where you you have support systems for art and they're like, supporting you to do exactly what you want to do with arts because they understand the importance of it and why we need you know painters in the world and that brings it brings light to certain aspects of life um it's it's we need to hear those stories more I hope
0: (laughs) yeah and and when you how did you make the decision to go to go to PAFA were you looking at a bunch of different places and then this one felt like it was the right one for you
1: I like the I like the traditional aspects of it, um, and also so they do have like a really strong foundational program in drawing and painting and painting from a live figurative model and landscape stuff. Um, but when I went to the to visit them in their studios, I found that the students there were making a bunch of different work, like nothing necessarily just traditional. You had like very traditional students, you had very like modern students. Um, it was just a whole you know pot of different types of artists in one and I really liked that because I didn't want to be um like pigeonholed into like one certain way of painting or working or thinking about art so it was like you get the best of all worlds and you also get a strong foundation system so I I really like PAFA for that reason and that's why I went there um so yeah (laughs) it's good to have like a nice broad um like school one thing
0: that I, I never talked to you about directly, but it was kind of like something that I, I knew of, um, uh, I, part of the reason why I have so much respect to you is because of this story that I heard about you and you weren't even in the room. And I was like, the way that she responded to that shows me that she has so much self-worth and confidence that I really wish I would have one day. And so the conversation, I don't even know if you remember this, but um, uh, back in high school, um, you, I, I forget, it's one of two paintings. It's either the one that was the self-portrait of you um, with like kind of like the neon reflective color, or it was the one of your friend with the uh, really, really curly hair that was like kind of like hanging up on strings, like her mm-hmm. hair yeah so i i don't remember either one of those but um uh i remember talking to this english teacher and i won't say his name but this english teacher that was uh teaching at our school that wanted to buy your painting and i remember hearing that he gave you a price and you said it's worth more than that and i remember him saying something like uh Like she's out of her mind. Like she doesn't even know. I'm giving her way more than it's worth. She's not going to like make a much on a painting more than what I'm offering her. Like she's so full of herself. And I remember looking at him like, you're acting so dumb. Like, what is wrong with you? And the fact that you could stand up to him at like 18 years old when he's like this 30, 40, 50 year old guy. Okay, probably <laughs>
1: 60. I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that maybe a little bit older. But I I,
1: I... I i know exactly I, who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> I was so impressed by you, but we weren't like that close for me to actually talk to you about it. But I just want to talk to you. I just want to tell you that like that moment, like I, it was very obvious, like that he was wrong and <laughs> that you were right. And I I just want to tell you that like I'm so impressed that that you were able to just have the self-worth of something that like wasn't numbers based like wasn't database it was like you knowing that you were worth more than that and that you weren't going to settle for less
1: oh well thank you that's a very um, (laughs) yeah i i I do remember this this happening kind of um i didn't know i was that stubborn with price and he really thought that it was like out of his price or like for the painting worth um which is kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah I know exactly I know exactly who you're talking about (laughs) we don't have to say his name (laughs) no 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 we will not say the name of this person um but uh I I don't know I don't know how to uh expand on that too much uh it's it's I, I will say though that pricing a painting is is uh one of the more difficult things of um being an artist, you know, wanting your work to be in the hands of somebody that will appreciate it. Um, And also, you know, selling it so that you can make a living and keep painting. Because if I, you know, if you don't sell paintings for what, you know, you can live with, then you're not going to keep making paintings, you know. So um, you always got to find that sweet balance, you know. And And find the people who are really going to support that and and understand like what it takes and and the time it takes invested into painting and the materials and the cost of materials um, that painting takes and know that that's why the price is the way it is Mm -hmm. Um, yeah pricing is the least this is like my least favorite thing (laughs) but it's necessary and it's part of the part of uh you know making a living and 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 yeah that's it
0: <laughs> yeah so I it 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 gave me a little bit of insight into like you your mindset going into college and then like I'm guessing uh in in high school based on like the people that I knew from high school um that uh that you going to PAFA and like meeting all of these people that um were just as passionate as you, I'm guessing, um, mm-hmm. or at least the ones that were in your, your friend group. Uh, um, what was that like, like going there and actually being just like immersed in other people that are just like super passionate and also really, really good that you could learn from?
1: Oh my gosh. The best thing about art school, best thing about art school is meeting other like-minded, passionate individuals. Um, yeah. My, my, uh, it's just amazing being surrounded and immersed by um, these painters that just, we just paint all day. We're like every weekend, you know, every day of the week, you know, we'll go to school and afterwards we'll like go to our studios and just like paint until, you know, it's very late. Um, And then like over the weekends, you're like always in the studio and like, and it's nice because it becomes your social life as well. Like your, your family or your family, they basically are family your friends are like always next to you. And when you're painting, you're like, Hey, what do you think about what's going on right now? What do you think I should do? Get some feedback for it. Um, And it's just like this really intense four years of your life where you're just like every day leveling up to the next like painting level and learning so much. So being in art school was really, really important for that. If I did not go to art school, I was um, considering going to like a A larger, more of like a liberal arts school where I could maybe major in like business and painting. um, Mm. Definitely would have taken me out of my painting world. When you're immersed in it as hard as I was, um, it's hard to really like um, consider anything else. Before I went to art school, I I did enjoy like extracurricular activities like track and field, um, music, trumpet, um, a couple other things, Um, and then when I went to path I was like oh there's no outlet for these things <laughs> I can't really focus on like trumpet which I guess is you know that's fine um, but it, it, it did really simplify the my um, ability to focus on other things I guess all I wanted is, was to put all of my energy into painting which really helped me to like expand expedite the painting process. Um, and now that I'm graduating, I'm slowly going back to those extracurricular activities Mm. and broadening the horizons again. But I am very grateful for that time to be like, really like to get really expert at one trade. Um, and you know, that will carry me for the rest of my life. Those four really specific years will carry me for the rest of my life. And then I can always find like other hobbies and things to take up that nurture that passion to keep you like you know well balanced and um, energized, but yeah, art school is very important. Am, is good for that. That's that's really interesting
0: because it sounds like you kind of had like a pendulum where you you were like mm-hmm. uh, in in high school uh, having all of these things outside of school, and then the middle is art, 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 art and then the end of the pendulum is professional post college art and then like reintroducing like those uh like sports and <laughs> tennis and uh all of these things I, I when you said trumpet um just because i found this and i was really curious it's kind of off topic but uh could you possibly explain the uh naming behind
1: maroon 5 <laughs> oh my <laughs> Yeah, uh, the jazz. We were in jazz ensemble for high school, and we would call ourselves Maroon Five because we would wear maroon ties for our outfits. Um, <laughs> performed, and there were five trumpets, so it was like Maroon Five—that's our group name—and we would go out and take like fun pictures every time we played a gig or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a, that was fun. That was a fun period.
0: And and so like the, there was track and field. There was trumpet. But also something that you do, I don't know if it's like with painting, maybe it like works with your mind that you have like hand-eye coordination and, and things like that. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But you like, you can perform yo-yo stuff. Like <laughs> We are really taking it back. Yes. <laughs> I saw a video of you like doing yo-yo stuff, not like just you by yourself recording it, but like in front of a crowd. What is that all
1: about? Wait, that's so funny. I don't even know what, what video that is. Oh, yeah, but- God, I have to search the internet for this now. What? <laughs> um, I think, I don't know if it was like in the,
0: the black box theater or I think it might've been in college. You were like doing
1: yo-yo tricks. And I was like, what? <laughs> yo, Yeah, I mean, no, my brother's the real yo-yo expert here. Um, he competed in like world yo-yo competitions. I competed- what? In- Yeah. um, He got really into it when we were younger and like, I'm the little sister and I'm like, my brother's so cool. I want to be my brother, you know? And I would like, you know, I picked up yo-yo too, but I was nothing near as good as my brother. He would do like um, freestyling in the world's yo-yo competitions and like make up a bunch of tricks, put them all together and play it to music. Um, And I would compete too, but like around, I think I was nine years old. um, I did do like a a world yo-yo competition thing, but it was like um, one of those things where they tell you what trick to perform, you have to do it, and then it has to come back up to your hand and you catch it perfectly. And if you don't, um, you have two times that you can mess up before they, you know, end end the, end the your spot. Um, and if you get as many, if you get the most amount of tricks done, then you win, right? So when I was nine years old, I won first place. Oh my gosh. <laughs> More that I talk about it, the less impressive it gets. There were only two other people competing <laughs> with me. I don't even know. They could they could have been like way younger, whatever. Only two people in the world's yo- yo contest. It wasn't like that that popular of a division. Um, but yeah. <laughs> But my That's brother's so like a huge champion. It's just one of those like fun things you do when you're you're younger. I could still pick up a yo-yo now. It's just like there are way better people out there than me. It's it's not my specialty. It's just one of those fun fun niche things that you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I do so much research on
0: people. Like, don't feel like this is weird or, or creepy or anything. But I I uh complimentary. I appreciate. Uh, it. <laughs> I I was doing. I was looking more just trying to find more information to talk to you about, and I found something that you pinned it was like a uh a yo-yo that had like paint splatters on it like it was like a art styled yo-yo that you pinned on Pinterest and I was like that's Kelly like that's that's exactly what's happening
1: that's hilarious I don't think I've ever logged on to Pinterest in like uh seven years I have yeah. <laughs> so I don't even know uh, how I found it but I did I like but your name is like Bruno you know, Mars at something something to do with either Bruno mars or panic of the disco those are my two favorite bands at the time oh, oh that is so funny <laughs> but yeah so, so yeah so you I'm have- not much of a splatter painter but uh,
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i thought that was so cool so like you have the the, the yo-yo stuff in the like i was curious like so so kind of like we, we talked about college and meeting other friends um uh And, and the next thing I want to talk about is like biking and those trips like that. But like before that, um, I I can't have a conversation with you and not talk about like your sculpture because that's like a totally different thing from sketching, from painting. And you literally made this guy's face and, uh, it was incredible. Like, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I, I It seemed like you had been practicing sculpture kind of like the same amount of time I'm guessing as you've been doing painting. Cause I found like an old picture from like high school where you were sculpting something. Like, what is that all about?
1: <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, what is your deal? How is that so good? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> well, I have to say that, you know, sculpture and drawing and painting all actually are very similar to each other. Um, if, you can, if you can draw well and you know, and you understand forms well, um, it'll translate to sculpting a lot easier. Of course, there's technical things that you need to get more comfortable with um, as you work with sculpture more. But I, it's funny because as soon as I started to get into sculpture, my, my drawings became much better because you understand three-dimensional form. When you're sculpting like um, the cheek, you have to understand where the back of the head is in relationship to the cheek, to the mouth, like very small ratios um, that are like constantly being um, connected to each other. Um, Yeah, wherever you're looking, um, you have to understand what's literally behind it that you can't even see. Like you're sculpting the ear on one side, but you have to know exactly where the ear is on the other side. Mm-hmm. um and you know everything around it, it it's so so you are really you're you're seeing through like i, don't know, I it's kind of cheesy but like x-ray vision you're like mm-hmm. you have to see the other side of it without actually knowing what's there um except you do because it's based in um practice and 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 um understanding of anatomy and all those kind of things and so when i started sculpting and then i went back to sketching i i could see three-dimensional form so much better because it's it's just part of your imagination now um and so uh, <laughs> I mean I studied I think the first really kind of um portrait sculpture that I did was in Italy. I did study there for 5 summers and one of the classes I took was um a portrait uh sculpting class and Wait, so wait. Was- you
0: you said that super casually. You went to Italy for 5 summers like consecutively?
1: Yeah. So when I went there my junior Oh my gosh. I, I know it's kind of intense. Um <laughs> uh I, after my junior year, when we were talking about going to Italy and painting landscapes, I went back every summer for five years to continue studying. Wow. Um, and that helped my um, painting life at PAFA. So it, it would nurture my paintings at in school if I studied uh, abroad in Italy with some of my favorite painters, my contemporary painters that I um, admire. And so one of the classes that I took was um portrait sculpture so that's what got me into clay and um yeah I mean yeah, yeah. sculpture is the basis is, I mean sketching is like the basis of all um all art mediums basically and then you know uh when you're a ch- when you're not sure what to do in your sculpture you go back to drawing when you don't understand your drawing, you go back to sculpture. You know, you need all of the different mediums to really understand what you're trying to get at. Um, so if you're good at, if you're really good at one, it's more likely it'll be easier to pick up the next medium. That's so interesting. But like that totally makes sense in the
0: idea of this being helping each other. Cause you could very easily see the difference between like sketching and painting. Cause like some people even sketch things out on their um their canvas before they they paint it. I've seen people do that. Other people they have sketches like right next to it and then paint it. But like when you talk about the way that you really focus on like seeing through things, understanding how the different parts of at least just like a face relate to each other, it does make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's so cool. And so I'm going to put like the the bike stories kind of on a shelf for a bit because I want to uh, talk about this, like that, I don't even know where to start with that of like, so I, I saw that you had the, the trips to Italy. I didn't realize that they were five consecutive summers and then you also were going other places. So I, for me, when I traveled outside the U.S. for the first time, I was uh, 18 Um, and I was traveling by myself to go meet up with uh, some family Um, but I was like flying by myself and all that kind of stuff like what was that experience of just traveling like just outside the U.S. and and you were taking a lot of time I'm guessing um, just like taking in your surroundings and like really appreciating like how beautiful places are that you were visiting like let's talk about that for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it's, uh, it was definitely a culture shock being there for the first time, but, um, you, uh, you do slowly become part of the landscape soon enough and like find people that, you know, you you become friends with and develop connections with, um, as long as you're out there and like really you know trying to make new friends and stuff um but yeah I mean definitely it, it is very immersive when you have paints on you as well I mean just like exploring the city and, and trying to find like uh, uh certain ways of light hitting buildings and um, looking at ancient ruins and um immersing yourself in that and um it, it is such a beautiful city i I do love being there um, um trying to think what else what what specific story I should be telling about travels? Um, do you have like a specific question about like the I, way- guess,
0: I guess um when i when I think about uh just times for myself, like I'm somebody that. Uh, that spends a lot of time on the computer, um, uh, like making websites, making wireframes. A lot of the time I do try to sketch out stuff before I, I put it in the computer because I feel like it's a little bit more natural and I feel more, uh, I feel like I, I do it a little bit better if I'm doing it on paper. Um, but uh, there are definitely times where um, just like being in nature or or traveling or being on a really long car ride in which i'm not driving and i can just like look out the window when i when i went on that trip to um to europe i was with family and i was looking out the window and i just like couldn't believe how beautiful this mountainside was and it really made me start to like appreciate things a lot more Mm -hmm. um And I came back from that trip, I think a little different than I was when I left. And so I, I guess it's kind of just like a a human question of just like, do you feel like the trips that you did and especially like, I feel like your experience was more intense than me looking out the window. um, But do you think that it changed kind of like your perspective on, on life and, and nature and everything?
1: Yeah, actually, interesting enough, um, the more I traveled, the more I actually fell in love with the place that I grew up in. <laughs> and it's really, not- Lehigh Valley. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not that I think that Pennsylvania has um, as as much art and culture as Italy, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, I was I like coming back and it's been like, you know, like traveling five years, all those five years, I was like, yeah, let's keep going and traveling. And love it and then like something maybe during um, this past year like I just realized um, that my own like where I'm from is so beautiful and that having an authentic experience doesn't mean going across the ocean you can just literally walk outside your house spark a conversation with anyone or see something that is visually appealing and paint it and it be like the most magical moment Uh, or just establishing a connection with somebody and becoming best friends like it's the smallest things like when I look back at my favorite memories of traveling yeah the landscape is like beautiful and I love painting landscapes and looking at landscapes but it's also about just the everyday um, life of meeting people on the streets or just like the very small moments of traveling that you don't you know you travel and you think it's going to be like um all like dreamy and uh going to museums and having a great time and you know you go to museums and they're great but you're so exhausted like walking around (laughs) i i honestly my my favorite kind of day is like getting up and going for a bike ride and just painting around and what better place to do that than pennsylvania i mean there's so many gorgeous hills around pennsylvania and also so much history i mean we have so many years of um building buildings that we just like let them fall apart we have so much land Mm -hmm. and the way that they are like disintegrating into the landscape is really quite beautiful and it's it's you know it's it's particular to this one state oh not just to the one state but it's just different um I I think I just found um an appreciation for appreciation for every um part of my life uh whether or not I'm traveling and to experience the world as if you took a plane ride across the country to get to that moment. Like, how are you going to spend your time and make every moment worthwhile and interesting and fun and, uh, you know, a fun experience. Um, So, yeah, I think that's the best thing that traveling has taught me is that you don't have to go to the other side of the planet to have an authentic and amazing and real experience. When you say that
0: it reminds me of uh, the, the people that I hear saying that like, they're so uh, sad that they're going to most likely live their whole life on earth and they're never going to have the chance to like go to the moon or go to Mars or something like that. And it, it kind of makes me think of like the people that uh, things are foreign to you um, because they're foreign to you. Like the idea of that somebody else on the other side of the world could come here and think that it's like oh this like super different place like it's this experience that they they never would have had if they would have stayed home um so it do you do you think that what I'm saying is familiar to what you're saying that like um sometimes you can just sit back and realize that what you have around you just because you see it all the time and you're used to it doesn't mean it's not still beautiful
1: I definitely agree with that um Maybe it's just harder to come to terms with it if you haven't experienced traveling because, um, and I maybe it's easier for me to like be on the opposite side of it because I have traveled, um, and I know what it's like to travel. Traveling can be also very difficult, and you don't have like a home base, you know, you're constantly just on the move, and that could be maybe nerve wracking or uncomfortable for some people. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I see. I see what they're what they're saying. Um, traveling is not all, you know, roses and butterflies. Um, but uh, I guess, yeah, having having that experience helps me to like make a like a more of a slightly more informed decision about what traveling really does for me. Um, but honestly, just, you know, you could just walk out sometimes I just walk out of my house and I look at a weed, I'm like, wow, that's a really nice weed. <laughs> like the way that the light's hitting that weed right now is so nice and like I'm literally making a giant painting of weeds right now so (laughs) I guess (laughs) beauty really is in the eye of the beholder I guess is is my my point in this um yeah that's pretty crazy do you um
0: what what's your relationship um okay so I remember, I I think I've talked about this before, but like, I remember there was a point in my life where like, um, I was like in Groundhog Day. I would like go to work. I'd be on a screen all day. I'd be on my phone. I'd come back to my apartment that was like super small, didn't have windows. And I would go to bed, go to the gym. Like I very hardly ever had like nature and I very hardly had like um, uh, um, direct sunlight. And it like wasn't, I wow. mean- there were great parts of that, that time period in my life, but also it was like kind of rough when, when you think about like your life in, in how you experience it, how you try to go for these really, what I'm guessing are fulfilling experiences for for you. um, What do you think about um, the fact that there are people that are kind of living like the opposite life as you and, and they, have never experienced what you've experienced?
1: I mean, in any situation where you don't have sunlight or freedom or the ability to just go outside and wander around is going to be really hard to maintain like that level of happiness. Um, So if traveling is your means of having that freedom of like being able to wander and explore and find new things, like absolutely, yes. I guess for me, it's more like I'm, I have the lotion. (laughs) the luxury of just like living that lifestyle of like being outside most of my time. And that's how I live. And so when I travel, it's like almost the same way I live. It's just in a different area. Um, but I kind of like, it's kind of funny. Like I, I look back on that one SNL bit of Adam Sandler where he's like, if you're sad here, you're going to be sad when you're on the mountains or the Dolomites of Italy. Like, <laughs> it's like, It's like, you know, you don't just get rid of your depression and anxiety as soon as you're in a different country. It's going to stay with you. Uh, You know, how happy you are is depends on how, how well you're able to, you know, cope with that. Um, you, You don't just like just pick up and live a whole nother life while you're out traveling. Your mindset can still be the same and follow you wherever you go. So if you have a mindset of, like, trying to maintain uh, a healthy balance of, like, being outdoors and and finding what really gives you joy, you know, traveling um, and going to new places wouldn't necessarily be, like, all too different. It's just you really get to experience a new culture um, and, and learn new things about how the world works, which is really exciting. That's really exciting. I mean, traveling is amazing. I'm not going to say. Yeah. It's not I mean of course it is but I'm just saying that you know it did make me also appreciate exactly like, where I came from and I guess that's the moral of the story is just how to maintain that level of you know gratefulness and happiness wherever you are do you ever think
0: about um uh, sometimes in life I think about what my life would be like if I uh if there were like two doors presented to me in the past and I chose one obviously I did uh but i always think about like what if i i chose like the other door or uh what if i um what if you didn't go on that trip to italy uh when you were in high school like do you ever think about what your life might be like if uh you you didn't have these experiences leading up to where you are now and like when when you do think about that or do you feel like you're a lot happier where you are and fulfilled it's it's hard to imagine what a life would be like because you're not living that life. But uh, I'm just curious. Do you ever think about um, alternatives for what you're doing now? And uh, what do you think about when when you think about that? I
1: definitely do not think about alternatives. Uh, <laughs> if I did, I would be a mess. Um, yeah, I cannot go back in the past and be like, oh, what if I what if I did this? What would my life be like? It's like if I did that, my thoughts would be out of control and I wouldn't yeah. be on my present moment and really being able to absorb everything that's going on. Uh, you know, I, um, I couldn't have predicted half of the things, if not all the things that have happened to me in my life that have gone extremely well. Um, like I'm just, I'm, I'm lucky for the experiences that I've had. Um, and I it's like I don't even know if I have enough imagination to imagine what my life would have been like if I didn't do certain things and I don't really want to imagine my life as (laughs) an artist that would be really uh that would take my focus out of being an artist too much and it would be hard to focus um but I do uh what was I gonna say Oh, I just had one of those. Oh, see, so you got me out of the moment. I was like thinking, <laughs> hard thinking about what ifs, you know, like all the the things you might have missed uh in the past. <laughs> well, there's but- a
0: there's also a, another way of looking at it like um like wow, I'm so grateful for everything that's happened. Like I for me, um like uh I I there was two doors that I was presented with when I was like towards the end of college and it was the do you want to go down the graphic design way that you've been studying or you just learned about this new thing called user experience design and you don't know anything about it and you got to figure it out and i i took that door and sometimes i think about what it would be like if i if i took the graphic design door um and it's hard to know cuz you you have no idea what what your life would be like maybe you would have been fine but i i think that i'm so grateful for kind of like the risk that i took because i mm-hmm. i feel it is scary sometimes it's scary every day but um it's it's it makes me feel really really grateful for um like the people that were in my life the cuz everything it was all by chance i kind of like fell into it and sometimes when i talk to other product designers and and web designers like they say it it's it's kind of a funny thing like in the industry that like people kind of like find a YouTube video that piques their interest and they took a class online and it kind of just like happened. So I guess when I look back at that, I don't think of like regret. Sometimes it's just like an inventory check of like just being so grateful for the experiences that happened to you and still thinking that I wonder what my life would be like if that didn't happen. But I'm so thankful that it did because you're kind of like a, a, a collection of what you've been through and like your experiences and things like that does that make sense
1: yeah I'm I'm glad you took that step and you have uncomfort in your life too because let me tell you um every day is extremely uncomfortable for me um every day when I when I go out to make a painting I have no idea what I'm going to come back with if it's going to be anything good um and you know yeah I mean like we always talk about the white like the blank canvas how it's like daunting and overwhelming like how are you going to make a painting out of this it's like it's it paralyzes a lot of artists like the reason why I go out and paint every day is to uncover that and to really like immerse myself in getting over that hump of just putting paint on the canvas and being uncomfortable with like a painting looking atrocious uh, (laughs) and and still having the mindset to continue the painting and finish it off um, to a degree that Is is satisfying to you? Um, And any successful painting or any painting at all, there's always that point where you feel like I'm just going to give up. This painting sucks. It's going absolutely nowhere. And then as soon as you just turn that voice in your head off and you continue to paint, is when you make the best painting that you've ever made. So like having uncomfort in your life and having like the unknown and and all those variables uh, that you work with is actually what makes life worth living. So like. Like talking, like talking about the career that you chose, like, as long as you, you know, you find it fulfilling what you do at the end of the day, even though you had a lot of uncomfort and a lot of new growth and experiences, like that's really all we're here for is just to continue to grow and experience new things. I, when, when you talk about like, um,
0: someone told me that if you're nervous about something, um, it's really good. Because it means that you're growing, mm-hmm. and that if you spend a lot of time in your life not being nervous, not being uncomfortable, then you're not really growing. And like even so this is like oh, I might have the number wrong, but this I think this is like my sixteenth or seventeenth podcast that I've done, and I'm like still nervous every time <laughs> and <laughs> and like it's uh, uh I don't know, it's just like constantly. Trying new things, learning new programs, and all of this kind of stuff—it's—it's it's really good for me, I think. Um, and I guess the you always have to like keep on trying to find a new thing. Like once you get comfortable with something, like you got to go try something new to try to learn something or or get that same feeling back that you you had when you were learning and starting out. Um, when, like, just curious, when you. Um, get a lot of, like, praise for something that you've done, um, and, and, like, it's done, okay, you did the exhibition, or, like, it's kind of, like, that part of your mind is kind of, uh, that chapter is kind of closed, and you're gonna go do something else, maybe it's, like, uh, a new subject, or a new medium, something like that, um, do you ever feel like you're trying to one-up yourself, or you're, you're trying to, um, kind of like maintain something um there's nothing that you did that that made me think that that you feel this way it's just me kind of like trying to put myself in your shoes of like how I would think and kind of the the dauntingness of having that blank slate but blank canvas and and having so much praise for what you did previous and and now you're starting something new and you don't know how it's going to end up
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um every I mean, that's, that's, um, progress. You do want to be better than the last painting. I mean, the, the most common phrase in painting is you're only as good as your last painting, right? Which is, um, sometimes really hard to grasp with, especially when you make a terrible painting and you just took like, (laughs) um, but that's just what keeps you going. But, uh, yeah, like you always want to be, um, doing better than the last, um, but having that pressure when you think it, when, when it's, when it's overwhelming your your mind too much but you're like I gotta be better than the last series that I did I gotta I gotta keep doing better you're probably not gonna make as good of work because it's most it's mostly about staying present in the moment and 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 understanding exactly what your painting needs based on what you're experiencing um so it's not necessarily a game of better I would say it's just like how did you one up how did you just level up um and like um, create a a stronger mentality you have more energy and um, discipline clarity in your work that's all I'm looking for is discipline and clarity I think those are like the two main things Um, and if you have that you're going to have better paintings every time how do you um,
0: because that's not something that you can just uh, click on clear minds like a switch or an app on your phone or something <laughs> like uh, do you have things that you do that that try to keep your mind clear and and be in the moment cuz yeah. that's not easy to do
1: absolutely not but it's something that you have to create um a schedule for i mean you just got to like listen to your body i knew that i needed to get out and like um okay so just a large part of staying balanced is you know eating right um, having a social life and, um, working out, um, and doing all those things. So I've, I've curated my life to be a combination of all of all those things where I bike every day. That is literally my job is to go out in the morning, go for a bike ride and paint. (laughs) Um, and, uh, the social life can be through tennis. That's why I picked up tennis is because it is a social sport. You have to be with another person to play. Um, but like, like yesterday, um, I just biked up to Valley Forge, which is about like a 55 mile bike ride, so like 55 miles yesterday. Oh my god. <laughs> a painting session at Valley Forge and like that's all the adrenaline you need for the day. Like you get your workout, you're exhausted, you make a painting, you go home, you eat ice cream, you eat chocolate ice cream. It is the best after ride. Riding- <laughs> Like that's all you need. I can't eat ice cream unless I ride a lot of miles because it doesn't <laughs> feel as good. So it's always like finding that balance of like what you need to do in order to feel really good about something. And a lot of it is delayed gratification that definitely clears your mind. Um, just being outside uh, and using that photosynthesis from the sun. I know we're animals, but a photo- <laughs> very real thing. <laughs> And, yeah, the more time you spend outside and really um, click off the digital stuff and, like, look at your surroundings and, um, I mean, it's not, okay, so another example is, like, it's not like I really had any social anxiety growing up. Like, I could start a conversation with people just fine, but now that I'm uh, a traveling artist and I do come across a lot of people on a daily basis, it's one of those things that if you stop, like, communicating with people, you stop knowing how to spark a conversation you get less good at it right so like every day is a new challenge to be a you know better at communicating with people meeting new people and making uh, paintings and yeah so I guess that's that on that (laughs) I I'm so glad that you said that because
0: I I felt really similar in in uh like being stuck at home for like a year and a half two years uh and I I started to actually lose the um the ability to just like talk normally and start a conversation (laughs) with like girls my age I don't know why but I was like so I I lived uh during that time period I had like all guy roommates and I I didn't I thought I was fine I thought I was normal and then I I ran into like a girl that I didn't know and I started talking to her and it's like Why am I so awkward? Like what is wrong with me? So I just hadn't talked to like that category of person in like a long time. And so I had to like figure it out and then just like do that over and over again and to be normal again. But yeah, that was something that I was like, I didn't realize this is a skill. I thought it was just like inherent to who you are as a person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I notice whenever I, you know, I I if I take a break from landscape painting, like a long break for me is about a week. Um, getting back into it is really hard. And so if people, like a lot of people come up to me and they're like, oh, I haven't painted for years and like, would love to get back into it. I'm like, it's going to be hard. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it is a skill that you have to develop and really get, uh, maintain. I, I think I do it because I have a fear of losing that skill. Because mm. um, if I don't paint every day, I'm like, I am not going to know how to paint if I don't paint.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: day something's just going to disappear so you just have to do it if you don't like even if you really you're like I do not feel like painting today it's like you gotta paint or else you're yeah that's crazy like
0: so when when I think about how you uh described your your biking biking experiences to me and like sleeping overnight camping like doing all of this stuff uh, that's not easy. That's not like, like sleeping in a, a cabin with running water and everything like that. Like that's when I think of that, I, the closest thing that I can connect that to is like people who hike like athletes that like do long distance running and things like that. So like, I'm just curious, like, how do you mentally do that? like I'm I'm sure you you can probably remember like the first time that you ever did it and maybe it's gotten easier maybe it's still as difficult you're just like more used to it but like how do you even mentally prepare yourself to do like a 50 mile bike ride or this trip with your dad where you were like camping and painting and figuring all that out and you have all your food with you I'm guessing and like what is that like
1: I gotta I gotta be honest um I, I mean, I've been biking the past year. Like before we went on the bike trip, I was biking, but it was only through Philadelphia, which is like pretty flat. Um, but I wanted to do this trip because my parents did this for eleven months before they got married. They biked around the west coast of the states and to New Zealand and Australia. And I lived. Oh with- my goodness! I I lived growing up with their awesome stories that they'd tell me. So I knew that this is what I had to do at some point because that is the most badass thing ever. (laughs) Uh, So when my dad told me, he's like, oh, hey, I have like this long break from work. Would you like to go on a bike trip? And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know this was going to happen so soon. I'm so glad. Yes, of course. So um, preparing for the bike trip, honestly, I did not overthink it. I was not going to be like, Oh, how am I gonna do 50 miles a day? I've never done this, and how do I do it for like nine days straight? I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it. Like, I just silenced all those voices and just said, "I'm gonna enjoy the. I'm gonna enjoy my time." You know, like I love biking. Uh, we could do this. And um, the first maybe day or so um, was, I would say, more difficult because oh, the whole trip was pretty difficult. It was a very exhausting trip. But um, by the end of the trip, my thighs were so much stronger that I could. <laughs> Need to bike up these like massive hills, like no problem. I was like, yeah, this is, this is like, you know, three o'clock. This is what I'd be doing this time of day. Like just biking up this massive hill. Like, (laughs) um, so you definitely do get used to the, the adrenaline and like all of the muscles in your body working to do this. Um, I, I don't know how to tell you how I prepared for it because I didn't, I just tried to not have any negative thoughts or, um, like, I can't do this mentality. It was like, I'm just going to do this because my parents did it, so I can do it. And um, doing it actually, like biking the trip is the best way to practice. Um, because, you know, how else are you going to practice 50 miles a day, you know, and like train? You're not going to train for it. You you just got to do it.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. Like. Just do I, it. Have the shield
1: above, like, you know. <laughs> do it like that's
0: crazy like (laughs) like but so like I gotta tell you the um the the first time that I ever really because I would hear I I wasn't really like an athlete in high school like I would do theater I did art I did like some track and field summer camps and stuff like that some volleyball summer camps but like Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand uh like Marathon runners, I didn't really understand like i i- i at the time I would be able to like put myself in your shoes and I still can't i d- have the idea of like doing that for over a week um and s- sleeping there and everything like that the the closest thing that I had in my life was um uh i uh i i gained a lot of weight in in college and I wanted to get back to where I was before, and so I started like when i moved to new york which was that that um uh, shoebox apartment with no sunlight i really Uh like didn't have a lot of friends or anybody that i knew there so i would like go to the gym like all the time and i started to feel like this thing of um just like putting time uh into your body and like uh uh doing active things and and seeing yourself change and like the I, i still think like school is really hard some maintaining some relationships are really hard um uh working is really hard, but I think the hardest thing I ever did was like losing like thirty two pounds and like wow good that job. that happening and and just like not for like a, a, I mean maybe it's like how I look, but also like just feeling so much better and feeling healthier and feeling yeah. stronger and stuff like that and so that's that's where I am like looking at at what you do um but like, it's just so impressive to me. And the fact that you were like, I just got to do it kind of like, that's, that's how I, I felt when, when I started, like, I literally just picked one day. I was like, when I moved to New York, that like, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to go to the gym like twice a day and I'm going to have to do it because I said I was going to do it mm-hmm. and I'll just figure it out if it's hard. And
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Let's do the only option. <laughs> You get used I, to like, having that sort of um, way of, of living that you just can't stop doing it. Like that's what gives you the will to live. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so much better when I do this. So maybe I should just keep doing this. Yeah. How do
0: you, what do you do during the winter? Like uh, uh, I, I imagine there's like a lot of slush and stuff like that. Do you uh, just do other things within your sphere or are you still like, biking a lot during the winter
1: I still bike in the winter Um, (laughs) well this this past uh uh, winter I did have uh, I was house sitting out in Nottingham so I was near like Amish country um and I guess they plow the roads really well out there I think it's for horse and buggies to be safe is what (laughs) I'm assuming but either way the roads were really nice so even if it was like you know 30 degrees out I would just go out for a nice bike ride and you know that's that and sometimes I'd paint a lot of times I'd paint outside. I mean, like, you know, landscape painting could be a, an all year sport. Um, when you're like 15 degrees, I did take like a camping trip out to the Badlands with some friends. Uh, so we slept in like 15 degree weather. And then in the mornings we would just like go on hikes and like hike the Badlands and it'd be snowing on us. It'd be so cool. Like when you, go, when you think of the Badlands, you think of like dry desert kind of Badland stuff. And uh, being there when there's snow falling on the peaks, was, it's just so beautiful and we would paint there and it was just, yeah, I, when I told my parents this, they're like, why would you go in the winter? That is like <laughs> the time to go. And I, I never looked back. Cause I think, um, going in the winter was a very special experience that a lot of people don't necessarily get, especially if you don't, if you don't want to sleep in like 15 degree weather. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, uh, not ideal, but definitely memorable. Um, bring the right equipment, <laughs> Do not get a 15 degree sleeping bag for 15 degree weather. (laughs) You need at least a negative five degree sleeping bag (laughs) to survive. Yeah. How did you manage that? You just, just didn't die. You just figured it out. Got a good sleeping bag, had a sleeping mat. I brought a mat that was a blow up mat. And I also brought one of those like foam mats And my blow-up mat broke and like the foam mat was my backup just in case anything. So if I didn't bring that, I would have been screwed over just sleeping on solid ice. Oh my God. Be prepared and don't use blow-up mattresses. That's the only advice I can give. If there's anything to learn from this podcast is do not use blow-up mattresses. In the Badlands. In the Badlands. (laughs) Anywhere. Because if it pops on you, then you're just sleeping on cold ground and you're going to be miserable. Oh my gosh. So... I'm I'm curious, like,
0: what, do you have, like, a different kind of friendship and relationship with these people that you share these experiences with? Because it seems, like, more intense than uh, a sleepover in a house mm-hmm. or, like, going out for coffee. Like, do you have, like, special relationships with the Are people you that you...
1: Another side of these people that you wouldn't... <laughs> And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a, it's an intense experience for both of you. So I, I can imagine that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and my parents, when they, when they, um, after they met each other, they decided to go on this trip for a year. And if you can make it through a year of biking every day with somebody and sleeping in a tent and like having to maneuver all of that all while still being happy and content with each other it's like okay yeah you're gonna you're gonna make it you guys are meant. like if you can make that you will survive the rest of your life together happy you know that's so so interesting yeah if you want to like see if you're really fit together and if you're both active people and want to take like trips that's the best way to really get to know somebody because you know you can be with somebody and it's all fine and dandy until you really get to see their side when like you know um, things happen that you don't want to happen and how they react to that is really, you know, indicative, uh, indicative of like how they really think and feel. And so as, and, until I reach that level or that point at somebody, I, I don't know them, you know what I mean? Yeah. taking those trips is a great way to get to that When I
0: mean, When you say that, like, um, did you have experiences where you would go? Cause you've been on several different trips. Like were there some experiences where you became way closer with this person, and then were there some experiences at the end you're like, "Yeah, I don't want to be friends with this person anymore we're We're not fit for each other. See ya
1: <laughs> hopefully that person wouldn't be listening to those podcasts oh, okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's really interesting that that like um it's it's a risk that uh that you take uh and the reward is having an even closer friendship because like it seems like you could kind of have like a surface level friendship where like it's kind of like an acquaintance or something like that and that's fine but like taking that risk of like you could lose this person as a friend but also like you don't know what's going to happen this person could end up being like one of your closest friends and you would have only had a surface level friendship if it wasn't for taking that risk and going on the trip do you think that that's right
1: absolutely for sure you get to see another side of this person and yourself you get to see how you respond to this person and um that's equally as important and that's why I do these trips too because I want to know who I am I want to know like what my stress level is like when when something you know happens like how do I respond to it and how do I respond to it in a way that is okay for everyone around and myself you know, being exposed to those kind of things is going to lead you to be better um, at handling the situations in the future. So it's just a learning experience, and it's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Does um something that I'm really curious about. I, I I keep on using that phrase "curious." about. I need to find like different words for this. <laughs> but uh, uh, when when you go through all of these experiences, um, uh, do you ever think about your your ego and, and how you think of yourself and, and things like that? And do you, do you have moments that are like really humbling that, that, uh, change how you think of yourself? Cause you say you, you go on the trips to try to like learn about yourself. So do you ever think about ego? It's
1: inevitable, it's inevitable, but, um, I definitely, uh, having a higher, higher standard of, um, what needs to be done and what i need to do like going to italy and looking at italian art and sculpture and painting and it's like wow they can do it. like you literally look at a, an a rome like a ruin and somebody sculpted this thing and we don't even know who it is you know we have all this beautiful art there's no name on it like it makes me want even not even want to sign my name on my paintings cuz it's like who am i that's the the point is isn't me it's the product that i'm making Mm. so it's like nothing to do with me or my brand it's just like what if like the only thing that were to survive was like a corner of one of my paintings and my signature wasn't on it will that be a good piece of art <laughs> you know what I mean yeah so it is you, you do try to remove that part of yourself it's extremely hard to not absolutely not saying that I've gotten to that point because um I don't know I think once you do you're like zen you like you're a zen buddhist you have like you know reached the point of enlightenment I don't know a <laughs> <Very laughs> difficult thing to achieve but it's always worth trying to do for sure when
0: you went on those trips and things like that did you ever try to because it it seems like your materials may be different like uh you could buy paints at a store meanwhile maybe back then they were like making it from like raw materials i'm guessing um but like the outcome is is pretty similar like uh the the paintings the sketches the sculptures and things like that do you ever um try to like put picture what it was like for them to like experience making that thing uh all that time Uh, ago
1: there are giant bronze sculptures in pompeii um okay and there are, I'm going to say 30 feet long, like like a giant figure sculpture of like, um, a, a, it, I don't even know what it was because I think it was too young to really understand. The point is there was like a massive sculpture that just stuck in my brain. Um, and so like when they're casting these bronze sculptures, they do not have the technology that we do nowadays of... Um, like pneumatic tools uh and so and I don't know I'm not like that much of an expert in bronze casting stuff but from what I understand and the way that they cast it they somehow casted the bronze incredibly thin you you basically have to have your sculpture however you sculpt it make a mold of it and then pour wax into the mold and like a really thin wax version of it Okay. This is really complicated to like do. No, no, no,
0: I'm interested.
1: Yeah. Um, and so you cast your wax version of it. So then you have like the actual sculpture, right. And then you cut it, you cut the, you cut the wax sculpture into different sections so that you pour the bronze. Um, like you just pour one leg or you pour one arm. And then at the end you weld everything together because you okay. can't pour bronze, um, in one giant mold because there'll be air pockets, you know, things won't come out right. There's a lot of pressure that builds up when you're pouring molten bronze. Um, And so like you could just burst one of the, like the parts of the ceramic shell off and then you just got bronze going everywhere. So like the process of doing this bronze is incredibly intricate and seeing this massive uh, sculpture it's like that took so many people to do this um, and they had like so much time. If they don't have any pneumatic tools, when, they're, when you're welding the bronze pieces together, you have a whole, a huge, you know, weld. I don't even know how they welded it. I, they could have just like, I don't even know if they had like welding machines. <laughs> it's hard to picture yeah. what, because what, sometimes the the result is
0: there, but the tools don't survive. So you don't even know how it was put yeah. together
1: yeah um but we i'm pretty sure they did not have pneumatic tools with like electric power sources and stuff like that and drills and you know (laughs) all that all that good stuff who knows maybe they did and it was all lost but um it is it is really crazy to imagine they um did all these things and that in itself is like incredibly humbling it's like what more can i do like i uh maybe it's more of a group effort kind of thing but uh just trying to be like the best version of yourself and and look up to those people for inspiration all the time. As, as someone who like really
0: understands and, and puts an effort into learning about art uh, through the years and, and seeing examples that people have done in the past and, and understanding methods and then like actually doing them now, uh, like with your own hands. um, Somebody said this, I in a podcast or, or to me personally, uh, and they they said that um civilization isn't always linear. Like the idea that um we we have these like resets over and over again where like civilizations will fall or um there's a natural disaster and then you lose everything. And the the concept that like just because something happened a really, really long time ago doesn't mean that it wasn't a really advanced society like we we talk we learn about like uh really really old uh like native american uh civilizations and then you like see the the things that they made like so so long ago and like nobody knows how that happened so like what do you think about like the the phrase that civilization isn't always linear and then like what do you think about that when you think about art
1: oh when you go back to cave paintings That's like the peak art. (laughs) Like that's where we haven't gone anywhere. Uh, if we could go back to like, you know, making marks on a a cave wall, that's like the most beautiful form of art that we have. Um, so yeah, it's not like there's really progress to me be made in the art world, if anything, we just go back to like what our our uh natural inclinations are and really listen to that. Uh I think nowadays it's like kind of getting a little bit more detached. The more we get like highly you know conceptual about things and there's like a whole art market and stuff, but that's like a whole nother conversation but i do I do agree that um it isn't linear and we're always constantly going back I think um in order to go <clears throat> forward you need to go back um so like you take like ancient knowledge and wisdom you go back and understand that and then you apply it to modern day um thing like whatever you're experiencing in the modern day but like take that plus ancient you know wisdom that's been passed down through generations and that's how you create something new but also worth something when when there's there's like the the history and
0: then there's like all of these different methods that people did and like things we don't even understand it's really cool but then also i think like the way that like some people are um i i like the 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 use of like and this isn't exactly what you do but like the use of like technology and and uh kind of like taking art like to a a different step I don't know if it'd be a step further just like in a just like a different direction like I think it's 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 so neat like there's obviously like animation and all of that kind of stuff but like um I, I I wish I could remember the name of the store I don't know if it was like Gucci or like some very high-end fashion store in New York, they had this um this storefront that was like a, a a transparent hologram where like you could walk and it would change kind of like depending on where you're standing. And it was like so beautiful. It was um like all of these little like color dots, and it looked like it was like a tornado and it was moving, like somebody would probably know what I'm talking about if they saw it online but like it's it's so interesting that there's like such a spectrum of art there Mm -hmm. is like super technical or like mechanical and things like that and then there's like sketching and and like uh sculpture and and that do you um uh do you really value this when you talk to other people i mean there's, there's other painters that you'll go on trips with um friends that'll come with you think people that are kind of like doing things adjacent to you but is it really fun for you to talk to people that are like kind of like the, on the total end of the spectrum because i think it might be kind of fun to kind of have things that overlap that you can talk about but you're coming from like totally different positions
1: absolutely that's where all the magic lies Is like an unexpected combination of two really different things. Um, When you put that together, you're making like a new genre. You're making something completely new. And they're both like really incredible on their own. And together, they just make something magical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Totally agree with that. And that's like the beauty of where we are today. I think we have a lot of things to work with and to combine. um, And it can be really exciting and also incredibly overwhelming. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I do I like as a general philosophy, I I do believe that's true. When um, uh,
0: when when we talk about that, you like, there's like the, there's technical spectrum, uh, um, as in like computer imaging and all of that kind of stuff. Um, something that's kind of like totally off topic and lighthearted <laughs> that I wanted to talk to you about is um, you uh, I think you were in a class that required you to have a Twitter. Do you? Does this sound familiar to you? Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like an art history class.
0: Yeah, I, I would, I wanted to bring one thing up, and I thought they would be kind of fun to talk about. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's, well, let's see. <laughs> I remember you say. I think it was a, um a, a, a painting. Well, one was like a painting of Baby Yoda. And you said, I support painting memes as a legitimate art form. And then there was another thing that you said that said, um, to be honest, the biggest thing I learned was how meme culture affects everything. Maybe there will be college courses about memes, uh, like, and then the hashtag for the class. So there's like, uh, there's art and then there's like tech, but there's art. And then like this weird thing of like nine gag and, and like, uh, uh, Twitter and just memes and kind of like the reflection of the news, like random things that were happening, entertainment. Like, what do you think about like art and memes? Because they are pretty cool. Because there's art, there's like finance in memes where you have like Dogecoin and and like all of these things. But like, what, what do you think about that?
1: I think uh, Brad Trammell does an incredible um, satirical um, play on memes. He uh, will make these memes that go viral that are completely satirical, but people, some people actually think that they're true. Um, And one of his more popular ones was actually a meme about Biden before the election happened. And it was one of his um, advertisement, it was part of his advertisement campaigns where he said, uh, do you vote for Biden for his brain? No, his heart, right? So it's like playing on this like, you're voting for Biden, you know you know what it means um yeah yeah it was the most satirical form of advertisement and he like signed it like biden biden approved and like anyone can make an image that says that says biden approved right so it went viral (laughs)
0: like
1: wow like yeah vote for biden for his heart right and (laughs) the biden campaign was like this is not something that we approved of (laughs) anyone who ever posts this is getting their twitter account like muted uh (laughs) I'm posting this because it's not true and so like he is the absolute legend of these um satirical meme formats and he takes everything that we do um like those little infographic meme things that a lot of people share um like design like graphic design sort of information logs that people share on stories and stuff like that and he'll take that and he'll twist it and make it sound like it's a legitimate thing that he's talking about but it's completely satirical and it's just like making fun of like everything about our society and so he is the funniest person and the most interesting person to look for for those types of memes and that's, that's I think it's um, my understanding of art or meme as art form is a little bit more specific and tailored now that I've grown since that art class um <laughs> but if I had to, to give you a recommendation on who to look for as like an artful meme page it would be him
0: um, huh, okay
1: his work is literally about how to to contort um news and media and actually use that as his art so like he's making his own memes and trying to like you know put these messages out there that aren't true but you think it's true and that to me is it's also incredibly self-aware and so funny and that is like the best kind of um meme page that that I would re- absolutely recommend following <laughs> I I really
0: love that I I mean like it's it's kind of cool to just be able to like appreciate things outside of what you do like I I love uh, your Yoda, uh, paint, you had a Yoda painting in high school and then you had a baby Yoda painting again. And (laughs) I don't know, I think it's, it's really fun to like, uh, kind of like that, that under the spectrum of like having things, uh, I mean like extra, like tennis and everything is like kind of separate, but it's kind of fun to like, to not that you're not having fun. It's just like, it's kind of fun to do something that doesn't really exactly have a, uh, um, kind of like a professional or serious goal to it. It's kind of like, I don't know. What do you think about what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know, just joking around, but still doing it within your, your field. Like I used to do that with Photoshop where my friends and I would get together and we would like, I don't know, like, photoshop uh people that we knew or or do fun stuff or like give people weird bodies and compare to their head or, or it's it's kind of different to like do something uh as a joke uh when it's still connected to like what you do uh in your career what do you think about that
1: Well, it's funny because I think the work that you make as a joke is actually more truthful than what you do as a career because it's, it's, it's your genuine authentic self, like really just playing and having a good time and seeing what will happen from your creations. And that's more interesting than any career. And that's like probably exactly what I'm trying to get at. And every time I paint, I'm like trying to just like play around, joke around, have fun and see if something happens. And honestly, people can tell if you're having a good time painting, they're going to know and it's going to be a good painting. And if you're being like super like uptight about your work and you're not having a good time, they're gonna know. But yeah. to go back to like that whole Yoda thing that was like more of a play on like the ridiculous of art markets too because at the show, it was it's, it's more of like a trivial thing. Like it's not like something that I take entirely seriously. It was a joke, um, but it was interesting to hear all the feedback that came back from the show because I have this entire body of work that I've done for this entire year. And the only thing that people will talk about is the tiny baby Yoda painting (laughs) that I priced. Really? Yeah. That I priced at $10,000. Wow. And like, that was kind of like uh, a play on the ridiculousness of art market stuff. Mm. Uh, You know, these paintings that uh, are going for thousands and thousands of dollars. And especially like at auction houses where like, paintings will be selling for millions of dollars the artists will see none of the money because it's just art market stuff mm. um, so like that's why I priced it the way it was like it was more of like a joke um but it was funny to see like people's reaction to it being like like wow the entire show but the baby Yoda was so funny <laughs> yeah like the, of course it's like the only thing that like really uh people I guess can like chew on I, I don't know I don't maybe maybe the other paintings weren't as accessible but it was kind of like a a like a uh, you just kind of like see the way people interact with it is like interesting for sure
0: one thing that I'm really uh, interested in I keep on saying curious interest uh, one thing I want to bring up is like um, so when, when you're at the shows and everything and you see people interact with your your art um, uh, I'm guessing they don't always know who you are when you're standing near them What is it like to, like, see how somebody naturally reacts to something that you did and they don't know who you are or that you're near them?
1: You know, something actually really beautiful happened when I was in high school, when we had one of those big art, like, the end of the year art show. Um, Yeah. We're standing, like, behind my painting. And it was such a big painting. You couldn't see me. And I'm a very small person. So I fit really well in the background. Um, (laughs) But somebody like looked at one of my paintings and they were like wow this painting makes me actually like art more like I didn't I didn't understand that like art could be good still or something something along the lines of like that I was like I mean like as nice as that is that's also incredibly sad um that you don't have like that sort of relationship to the art world and like the way that you've been trained in art is so disconnected that you think that it's like not for you you don't understand um, it's too complicated. It's not accessible. Um, so like, that was a sad thing that I heard, but also like, wow, like I could bring that to this person. Like I can, I, I like he had a connection to a painting and he said that without me even being there. Um, yeah, that happened so early on in my life that it felt really good. And I wanted to continue to do that for people and bring people closer to the arts um, and make it feel like it's not an alienating experience
0: that I, I felt, um, so something that, that I do in, in my job is, uh, I make something and it's, uh, it's a public thing, but it's not a physical thing. So it's very easy to just make it, put it up there and just say, it works. It's fine. Like I, I did everything. I tested it myself without anybody else and it's fine. And, uh, I had an experience where I had to test a website um, with a bunch of different people. And it's very humbling, scary. Like you sweat a lot when you test a website with somebody and, and watch their reaction. And and, like, and it's, it's cool because it's something that you make um, that's visual, you interact with it, it does something, um, but it really has to stand by itself. Like I am not going to always be there with the product that I made or the website that I made and um, uh, walk the user through the process. Like I can't talk myself out of it. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting to just like see how somebody reacts to it. And um, my life is a little different because I can like adjust it based on the feedback. And my thing is like a thing that somebody uh uses and goes from page to page within the thing and it changes and it's not like it's like it's slightly different but like it's still like nerve-wracking to Mm -hmm. listen to somebody react to something that I made um I that that's where I'm coming from when when I listen to you talk about that and it's like user testing and and stuff um is it ever nerve-wracking for you or is it kind of like I made it. I I know that this is what I was tra- what I was trying to convey. I worked really hard. I focused on the subject like take it or leave it. <laughs> this is what I made.
1: It's the most nerve-wracking when you're in front of your professor that you admire. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, oh, what is he going to say? And then like he'll, you know, either he rips you apart or they um you know can can give you like really strong feedback that you're like like this is going to be a great painting now that you told me this or the other way around they'll give you terrible advice and you don't listen to them you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's so hard to know like uh if you admire somebody and they they give you bad feedback like you kind of feel like a little bit of a dick if you don't take it (laughs) because you're like I I trust myself I don't think that this is right but like it's just weird power dynamic do
1: you ever feel that way because yeah I've gotten feedback one time I was working on a giant but painting like a self-portrait of myself and I was only about two weeks in and I had somebody not naming names but tell me like to be done now like you could just like put one more couple more strokes on there and call it done and I was just like the back of my mind like what the hell are you talking about what you want to do and I, I like after that it actually kind of fueled me I was like I'm I'm kind of done with like what like I always got advice back like that where it would be like you're done like stop working and I'm like no I'm taking this to the level that I want it to be at which is not the blocking stage and so I I just kept going and I finished it off and it was like way better you know you like we have the um beautiful ability of taking pictures along the way and when I look at the paintings before it was done I was like yeah thank god I didn't leave it there that would have been such a like anticlimactic painting (laughs) like I wouldn't have felt it was done and I'm glad I didn't listen so yeah, yeah it is it is really important to like you know be in school get feedback and then really know what advice you need to be taking and what you don't need to be taking um there's always a balance is that
0: uh gained by just spending a lot of time with yourself and and trying to ask what do you really want?
1: Absolutely. That's the key. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because there's
0: I mean like there's some people that are like, "Oh, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe there's something wrong with me." And then you a lot of times insecurity makes you think, "Well, if everybody else is saying this, then maybe that's right." But um I think that you can only do that by like really asking yourself the question rather than like, well, what do I think? And then rushing into like, well, I think this, like actually sitting there and and uh, taking time to, yeah. for me, it's kind of like the same amount of time that you would have with that other person talking through it. Sometimes you really need to spend like that exact same amount of time like thinking with yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that like the last year of my college degree, Um, I got a lot of really strong headed feedback in my work of like what I should be doing and why I shouldn't be doing certain things. Mm. And some like insults and like, why, like, why would you do this? This is bad. And, you know, it would take me like a long time to either come to terms with what they were saying and be like, yeah, this is what I do. I'm sorry if you don't like it. That's not my problem. Um, that's a you problem (laughs) or being like, yeah, they're right. I do need to get better. And so it does take a lot of time just, um, being with yourself and understanding how, because you don't want to take, like, if you get good advice, um, but you're too stubborn to take it, that's not good, you know, but like understanding where to draw the line and being like, yes, this is the difference between you and I is I do more stuff like this and, and like your way of working is a lot different. Um, uh, so, so yeah, it does take a lot of time to really get to know yourself, to be able to make good decisions on what's best for you. Cause nobody's going to give you like all your answers. You got to find them out yourself. And there's
0: also an element of like, if you took everybody's feedback, you would never do anything till the end. Yeah, <laughs> Somebody exactly. will tell you to do it this way. And then the other person will tell you to do the
1: opposite. Like you have to choose. Oh, and so I- I Told like, yeah, like you should, you should keep working on that. That's not done. And then the other person be like, you're done. You should stop working on it. And I'm like, okay. So I really, it's kind of healthy uh, in a way to experience that because it makes you really have to just listen to yourself. Then you've got both sides of the feedback coming at you. And I guess you realize that there's actually no right way. It's just your way of doing it. Um, so that's all I could say. You know, you never know. There's no right answer. So we talked about like,
0: the the things that you did when you were younger, we talked about high school, we talked about your trips, we talked about uh going to college, meeting all of these people, really like doing these crazy uh ha- having this like really cool lifestyle of like biking and uh immersing yourself in it and doing all the time so that you don't lose that muscle. There's one thing that I wanted to bring up with you before we wrap up and it's something that you posted on Instagram that I um it it made me like really I don't know I had a really like positive reaction to it when you posted it so like the thing that you did was there was a, a picture of you painting at uh Tacoma Narrows Bridge mm. um And, and like, it's this beautiful sunset behind you and you have like this, was like sad face, (laughs) like not, not like you don't look sad, but it looks like a pouty face or something. And, and you wrote, um, when you realize your painting will never surmount to the beauty of this sunset. And I just want to, what I think that you said, like, it, it makes me really like hopeful for like your, art and everything like that. And, and the idea that um, I'm guessing you're, you're never going to uh, be bored or run out of things. <laughs> like It seems like, like there's so much out there for you to take in, to experience, to, to um, interact with, with art that uh, it, it's something that kind of will never have to end until you decide that you want to so what what do you think of that and i i want you to talk about what you were feeling when when you posted that
1: (laughs) yeah I, i i agree it definitely doesn't get boring and every painting's really difficult but when you look it's just hard to compare a painting to the actual world because like who's to say that your painting of a sunset is better than the actual experience of a sunset um Cause it's such a glorified, like it's a, it's just so beautiful. There's just, and what's so also what's so beautiful about it is how like quickly it disappears Mm. Um, and trying to capture that and like constantly moving with it. It's like, you're never going to be as good as that sunset. (laughs) You can try all you want, but yeah, there's uh, I I did have a, a period in my life where like, I couldn't paint sunsets because they were too fleeting and too beautiful that I, I didn't have, um, I didn't want to paint them because they were so beautiful. Um, but, um, uh, this past year, uh, sunsets became like that, that thing that I would always look forward to at the end of the day and just like, just spend your time outside. You're not going to remember every sunset, but if you paint it, that's at least something that lives on. So even though that sunset had enough, that was like, you know, nothing compared to the actual experience there's still a painting that's left behind and it's one of my dad's favorite paintings and I'm like this is all yours then like it's all uh, um but you know you come away with at least something to take from that experience um, and I think that's the beauty of it
0: thinking about where you are now and um, how you have like so much of your life ahead of you, like before you even think about any of that stuff in the future, because you're living in the moment uh, and you don't want to change anything from the past. But do you think that there was any moment like throughout your life previous, like it could be any, any point in your life where you feel like you could have given yourself uh, some advice um, like do you have any anything that you would say if you like really had the chance to like go back in time and like go to uh like the PAFA orientation or you in high school? Like, is there anything that you would have really said to yourself uh as we close up the podcast?
1: Honestly, I feel like uh, I did pretty well. I would say <laughs> self to give me advice now. I think I think when I was younger, maybe I had even more confidence. I still have like a good amount of confidence, but, uh, going through school, kind of, they kind of like rake you over the coals. Um, (laughs) everything that you do, you're going to be scrutinized over and you're like, should I really be doing this right now? Is this really what I want to do? Um, and just like kind of doubting yourself. I feel like I didn't have as much doubt when I was younger. So now I want like my younger selves to give me some feedback. I'm actually going back in time to when I was younger and trying to, um, get more of that young person energy, uh, (laughs) back into my life of just like exploring and having like complete confidence and nobody's torn you down yet and told you that life sucks or anything, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, so I would be listening. I would actually probably just want advice from my younger self on like how to just do your thing and don't, you know, like let other voices in your head, um, tangle you up and and uh, mess you up in your process and you know painting in the studio is all about silencing the voices in your head um and maybe I didn't have enough voices in my head to like make me a better painter when I was younger and that's the (laughs) whole being a good painter but uh I think that the point of what I'm trying to say is like to get back to the point of like not uh having the voices in my head and me and then something new will come up um (laughs) That's really good advice. I
0: this this whole time listening to you, like I feel like I learned so much, and like the experiences that you had, like I didn't really understand them. I saw them online, but like it's so cool to actually like hear them from you. So so thanks so much for coming on. I hope
1: this was a good experience for you. Oh, this is great, Emily. It's so good to talk to you again and rekindle what we had in school. <laughs> And yeah, just like get to know each other more and talk about the process of being a painter. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, the last thing that we'll do b- before I, I
0: stop recording is uh, I always want to end with how people can reach out to us. So if somebody listens to this and and they think that you're so cool and they want to like talk to you about painting or talk to you about going to art school or um, or they want to see your work or something like that, uh, what what I do is I'll say my name and I'll say a little bit about me and how people can reach out to me and then uh, we'll finish up with you and then we'll close up the podcast. Does that sound good? Sounds great, awesome perfect oh. <laughs> well uh well, hi, my name is Emily Trodano. Um, I uh, am the host of the podcast, and I am a web designer and web flow developer. Um, I love what I do it's uh the funny thing that I always say about what I do is like uh, a painting with code and painting with my mind that 's always the phrase that I was like. I would have in my head, like when I was starting to learn how to like HTML, CSS and JavaScript, like it, I don't know why, but it, I used to take painting classes with, with my grandmother. And uh, when, uh, when I started to learn how to code, that's, that's something that I always remember. This is a very long introduction, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's what I do. I I can do all kinds of different websites that there's no real limitation to what I can do. And the great thing about the program that I use, Webflow, is that they have this um, client editor in which I can make you a totally custom website, but you don't have to worry about any of like the coding or anything like that because it's a totally other side. That's just like drag and drop and super easy for you to maintain your site, but it's made just for you and very easy for me to update um, and change things as time goes on. Um, so that's who, who I am. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, uh, my email is emily, E-M-I-L-Y, at greatdesignlead.com, or you could find my website, which is greatdesignlead. Com, com. and also I have a YouTube channel um, which I do uh, website reviews of different people's websites um, so you can see how I react to to other people's work and also you can see like really great work from other people in case there's something you like of their sites that you might want to incorporate into your own um, so that's who I am it's kind of long this time um, but, uh, but if you want to reach out let me know and we'll finish up with Kelly uh, can you design my website
1: for me? we can talk about that <laughs> I might need your help. That sounds great. I'm going to reach out to you. Thank you for that information. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Ke- well. I'm Kelly, uh, and I'm a painter. You can find me on my Instagram. I post um, kind of daily the work that I work on every day. Um, my Instagram is just at Kelly my M I C C A is my last name, uh, and my website is just kellymica.com. Perfect. And we'll
0: have all of that linked in the description. So you don't have to worry about uh, remembering or, or spelling or anything like that. So this has been really, really fun. You and I will talk later about website stuff. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on. And I'm so glad that you had a good experience. I put a lot of research into it. So I, I hoped that we would have fun stuff to talk about. And then oh, we yeah, did. So I'm glad of it worked.
1: Of, uh, <laughs> the younger days. <laughs> no, that was great to talk about. Thank you for having me, Emily. Great. Well, I guess this is just goodbye until next
0: time. Great.